Okay, cell phones and all that fun all. Welcome, happy new year. Welcome back to another information packed episode on Ready Set Real Estate. I am so happy to be here. I'm feeling so pumped about today's show that I am, let's see, <laughs> I am feeling excited. Top of the new year to you all. I trust that you had a safe, wonderful, uh, new 2023. Say hi, say hello, drop a comment down below. Let me know you're here. Let me know where you're from. Bakari, brother Bakari, he says, happy and prosperous new year to you and, and the family, sis. Absolutely. I received that same to you and your queen and your family. I was following your post. I think you've had a new grandbaby. So that's that's so wonderful. That's just awesome. Great things are abound. Great things are happening. And, you know, there's it's so funny as I was reading different things, I'm looking at different posts. I'm just seeing what the vibe is, what's the energy with with what's going on with you all cuz you know, I've been pretty focused. You all heard me say this last week that in the last 3 weeks I was very clear on my goals. What was my goals? It was marketing. Marketing is the bloodline of your business for you entrepreneurs. Stay stick with the marketing. Yes. Uh we we talked about expense optimization. So that means like cut down unnecessary expenses, look at your subscriptions. Do you really need it? Are you really using that coaching um, plan that you subscribe for? Are you really, uh, do you need all those extra Netflix uh, channels or whatever channels? I mean, it's, it's just look at the statement, right? Look at your credit card statements, look at your bank statements. Uh, do you still need them? Do you still need them? What else? Um, in addition to that, you should be focusing on like growing what, you know, personal goals, professional, personal goals and professional goals. All right. Bakari's jumping in here today. He says, you're welcome. We just closed on another rental property. Woohoo. See, this now encourages me, honey, note to self, because this was something I want to do. You know how Lulu does her bell? I want to do the wand. I have like this real estate wand. I want to wave on, on my channel. Now <laughs> I'm going to get this wand. This is me feeling like this magician. I feel magical. I feel 2023 is going to be magical. So Bakari would love to have you on the show and talk about that. If you'd be open to sharing your journey uh, so that people can hear just kind of the real life 
you know, take what it takes, right? What it takes. And I know you've definitely stepped into, I think you're doing life, right? Are you doing life insurance? Which we've, I've said the last time I used to be life and health licensed. And I used to say this, I said this last time, two investment vehicles that create to legacy building. It's real estate and life insurance. You buy life insurance because life insurance is love insurance. When you pay out the, when you receive payment of the claim, right? You go buy more life insurance and you buy more real estate. It's just cyclical. It's just, I think it's a wonderful formula. It's easy. <laughs> you know, death is going to happen. Um, it, so when you prepare for that part of life, it is liberating. Liberating. Not only that, I have said this as well. And this, I had done this personally when I was younger. You know, when people are saying, oh, you know, I'm, you know, you want to manifest or create that you're worth X amount. I'm a millionaire. I'm a multi, I'm this, that, and a third. And when you reflect on what exactly are you doing to reflect that or embody that? Have you insured your life for a million dollars? Have you insured your life as a thousandaire? We got away from that as a people. I had a long conversation about this with, in fact, my husband's grandmother, because she used to sell life insurance. What year, honey? What period would that have been? Gosh, in the 50s. And she was going door to door to collect the premiums on the policy. Anyway, I enjoy her. I enjoy hearing this story because it's like to hear a, a woman entrepreneur back in the day, she had kids and she, and she loved doing it. And she talked about, you know, it was an easy sell for her because back then, like we knew it was important. What happened? Bakari, maybe you can tell us what happened. He said, sure. I'll come on. Yes. Life insurance. So I totally gave you a, a, a just made your, made your plug so easy unintentional, but unintentional, but not right. Because here we are in 2023 and we have watched um, with all empathy and sympathy and love. We have watched people lose people. Uh, I definitely had loved ones within this last three years during the pandemic and all that, that I've lost a loved ones, people that I know the, the nature of my business, it's interesting because uh, my former broker used to say this and I didn't really get it. And he said, I'm not in real estate. He said, I'm in a death business. And I didn't really get that until now that I've expounded and we deal with probate and we deal with trust, we deal with the senior community. And it's a whole different arena of real estate where yes, you are dealing with the end of life uh, stages for individuals. And so when we market ourselves and what we bring to the table is uber sensitivity to the condition of the property, right? Dilapidated, deferred. Um, a lot of a lot of folks are hoarders in this this period of their life. They've got, you know, various conditions, both physical and mental, that um, have affected their faculties and being able to realize the things that they're doing. Anyway, I feel like I'm on a soapbox, but this is the right place to do it. This is the right place to do it. All right. So we did talk about, let me just jump into this. We have a great show. I'm going to share my screen shortly. We are on episode, what episode are we on? So new rules in real estate. Oh yes. So new rules in real estate. I, I The reason why I brought this up was because you <laughs> reminded me, people say, you know, new year, new me. And there are some new rules that I'd like for you to 
ask yourself in your respective state, what has changed? Because listen, when we learn to become uh, better players at the game, there are rules that change that we often don't recognize that the rules are changing or have changed. Things are doing are being done differently. Notice how easy when we were all hit uh, during the pandemic, real estate literally went on pause. Notice how the rules changed very quickly. They changed the FICO scores. They changed uh, lending, uh, underwriting requirements. Um, they changed. Uh, they changed the systems. In fact, they stopped the clock of counting days on the market. Oh my gosh, how many more changes? There were so many different changes that came about. So I implore you to identify in your jurisdiction, in your locale, where you're from, what are those changes? Okay. Let me catch up with Bakari's comment here. He says, thank you. Life insurance is an inexpensive wealth creating and transferring tool. Better to have it and not need than to need it and not have it. Amen. 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 Ashe, ashe, ashe. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to hold that up there for people to, you know, as you all are chiming in, be sure you let someone know that you're on. Uh, and yes, you are on the right show. It's not the weather channel. It's not the life insurance channel. But when we were talking about wealth building and wealth creation, uh, you know, there's a life insurance policy, depending who you work with, that you can create a life insurance policy. I just really like various aspects of life insurance and real estate. I'm speaking from my <laughs> like past life experience. I did just as many years in, in real estate, in life insurance as I did in real estate until I chose one, right? Like for me, it was, okay, choose and commit. Where do you want to grow? Where is self-mastery going to happen? And for me, it was real estate. But what I learned in life insurance is what I apply to real estate. In fact, I'm I'm excited because I'm excited about that because I'm working on some proprietary, I'd say software or systems. I'd say so systems, proprietary systems that grew out of life insurance for me. Where I'm going with this is with real estate, especially when I look at uh, the size of mortgages and payoffs that need to happen. You know, back in the day, and and you you you've got a question. Why did why has this changed? Why has this changed? Let's talk about this here. Just totally off topic, but on topic. Why has this changed? If you recall, and mom, if you're listening, by the way, time out, time out, time out. Shout out to my mother. Uh, happy belated birthday. I will see you to uh, later today, mom. If you're tuning in, I want to say happy. Happy birthday. Love you. Love you. Thank you. I just, I was just like in my moment last night laying down. My husband and I were reflecting on my journey, my trials and tribulations. And I kid you not. And those who know me intimately, like my mother, my family has been just an immense support for me to continue to do the work that I'm doing. And it takes a village. And my mother has been that. And so, mom, love you. And I will see you later. I know today is what the fourth. No, it was her birthday was on the second, y'all. Telling all her business, but it's all right. I think people knew on Facebook anyway. <laughs> 
Okay. Boom. Let's get back to it. Life insurance. Recall. And this is why I was thinking about my mother, because when my mother and my grandmother purchased their property, they bought it when the loan was sold with them, the lender gave them the option to secure a life insurance policy that in the event that they passed away, uh, the life insurance would pay off the mortgage. It was specifically sold with the mortgage. It was sold with the mortgage product. Like you would buy the life insurance. They don't do that anymore. They don't do that anymore. Uh, <laughs> so I, I wonder like for me in this business, because I know mortgages is new debt, creates new money. We're in a capitalistic country. This is, or economy or system. This is how it works. Because if you have people buying life insurance, their loved one passes away, meaning the property owner, the borrower passes away. And then the policy pays off the mortgage. That means the next of, you know, kin, heir, beneficiary, beneficiary, the benefactor receives real estate, real property, something that appreciates in value. In fact, something that doubles in value every what? 10 years? They receive that free and clear if they use an instrument like a life insurance? Mm, they don't sell those anymore. Like they don't sell dividend. There aren't too many dividend paying life insurance policies either. Mm, if you have one of those from way back in the day, like your grandparents or your great grand uh, family members who have dividend paying life insurance policies, like they were hip to something. They don't sell those anymore. Anyway, so that's my whole spiel. I left that up here because for those of you who, you know, this is, this it's, I think it's well said. I don't need to re-say what Brother Bakari has said just now about uh, the importance and significance of life insurance. All right. I said what I said. <laughs> okay. All right. Here we are, 2023. Let's talk about those goals and similar to what we just said right now. 2023, write down those goals, write down those goals. Uh, for me, we've mapped out what our plans are for 2023. You'd be happy to know that we will be bringing uh, two types of our trainings and workshops. So for those of you, uh, let me just do this real quick. For those of you who are new to, to me, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank the person for turning you on to me uh, who let you know about Ready, Set, Real Estate. But my name's Lisa Gillette, not but, and I'm very particular with words as you learn, right? And my name's Lisa Gillette, creator and founder of Ready, Set, Real Estate, the Real Estate 100 movement. Yes, still have been out here teaching and training up uh, our young scholars, ages 10 and up, who have been learning real estate literacy through our program, through our boot camp. We've revamped. In fact, this summer, I am happy to announce we will be hosting our boot camp. So I've normally done it in collaboration and partnerships with other. I think I want to now do like my first exclusive boot camp, And I'm excited about this. This is something we are lining up. I will be doing four weeks. I'm likely going to take any, no more than 20, no more than 20 young scholars will be with me uh, for a Saturday of four weeks. We're looking to do this either towards the summer 
I will line up my dates and do mastermind with them. They will connect with active investors, lenders, uh, independent contractors like home inspectors, um, appraisers. Oh, just because I have a great support of people that are in this business and have been like, Lisa, when you say, you know, you whatever you need, I, let me know how I can support. I, as you are listening to this, I'm calling on you. So th this is the year. This is the year it's going to happen. I'm really excited. So we are going to do our exclusive youth real estate boot camp. And that way, it's just focused on real estate. When I've done it in collaboration with others, it's either been in alignment with tech or in alignment with some other program uh, that they are learning and they get to learn real estate literacy to that. But I will be doing the boot camp. In, in fact, when I first started the movement, we were giving out scholarships. Shout out to uh, my colleague, uh, realtor, investor, partner, Anthony Lee of Philadelphia, still doing amazing things. We'll have uh, Anthony back on the show. It's well overdue, but he has grown tremendously. In fact, he put it out there that he's looking for partners to invest in a 15-unit building at $1.1 in his uh, area. So excited. I, see, this is goals. I've watched Anthony go from multifamily to his first commercial to now he's like, you know, this, this, this commercial stuff, right? These apartment stuff is, I like this. And once you kind of break that barrier in your mind, really, it, it's just next level. It just comes easier and easier. So that's our goals. <clears throat> All right. So before we jump into uh, the news of today's topic is new rules in real estate. We're on episode 191. I want to say thank you and shout out to our radio podcast listeners who are tuning in everywhere. Thank you for helping us grow our channel, our station. We were in the top 25% listened to radio podcasts, uh, not only listened to, but viewed. Do you hear that? Top 25% viewed radio podcasts or podcasts. And um, we are found everywhere. So I want to say thank you. We pumped out 92% more episodes than any creators. Woohoo! Thank you for encouraging me to keep going. This morning was one of those days because it's been raining consecutively here in California. And this morning was one of those days that I was like, well, I don't really have to get up. And like I start going into the, I don't really feel good. My throat feels funky. Like, uh, you know, I, I'm, I could do this next week. But no, see, this is the power of writing things down because I've already mapped out my shows every Wednesday at 11 a.m. It's an appointment that I cannot break with myself. I've got to respect myself and my time. So for those of you who ask, how did you do it? How do you create? How do you pump out basically an episode a week? Well, that's how I do it. I commit to me. I say to me, I like myself. I love myself. How do I reflect that? By sticking to the time, sticking to the appointment. That's how. All right. <laughs> but Carson, congratulations in regards to all of your successes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So let me jump on here. Uh, Claude, he says, uh, my dear, I need a business investor. Please, can you help me out? Well, send me a DM. So he's he says he's a company owner of a choice ice cream company. Okay, cool. 
listen, that's awesome. We've got all types of investors and people and opportunities. I suggest you be very discerning of who you connect with, you know, do your research and, you know, see if it's a good fit for you. All right. Let's see here. Okay. Screen share. Let me set us up for our screen share. Uh, first, I've got a, you know what? Let's do this. We've got a sponsor. We'll be right back after today's sponsor. Do you have properties that need to be maintained? For professional services that guarantee your property will stay safe and secure, Omnis Property is the team you want by your side. As a company, we pride ourselves on our best-in-class professionals, equipped with the latest technology for all your end-to-end -end property preservation needs. That means that from start to finish, our expert team can handle everything from accurate assessments to preservation projects of all sizes. Save money and time by working with leading experts that understand your needs and are committed to premier service. Get started today by contacting us for your project estimate. Visit www.omnispreservation.com or call 310-957-9132. Easy enough. Thank you. Shout out to Omnis Property Solution. Check them out at omnispreservation.com. Making you shine and look like a superstar that you are when you can help your clients move things along. I'm telling you, real life, uh, you know, huge fan because I've seen the work and it's always great when you know firsthand. I know firsthand. So thank you, thank you, thank you to Honest Property Solutions. In fact, they are growing. So I will ask them to uh, give us the details of they are expanding to inspections. So property inspections. So I will ask them to give us uh, the new information. So that way we can have that information updated on the show as well. So if you are looking for professional home inspectors, um, reach out to them as well. They are uh, excellent for that. I'm talking about experience, uh, diligence, eye for it. This is where you, you know, this is a team that you want to build for yourself when you're investing or purchasing in a property. And if you're on the seller side, right, just kind of know firsthand what the buyer's likely to find and uncover in your house. Uh, I can go on and on the importance of inspectors because you're talking about putting thousands in here in California. Um, our down payments are anywhere from as low as let's say six thousand dollars to as high as hundred thousand dollars or more, right? So get those inspections done. All right, so I'm in California. I'm a real estate broker in California. Before I jump into this show, let me just give you just my disclaimer: the information provided on this show should not be considered legal or tax advice. Please seek those those licensed, reputable professionals. Right, those reputable licensed professionals. Please seek the appropriate professionals regarding your specific situation. Gabish, we got it. Good. All right. Uh, I also would like for you to do something for me. You know, when I come on here and I drop all this free real estate gain that someone else is charging you hundreds, if not thousands of dollars for, I'm giving it to you here for free as long as you are consistent and paying attention. That's all you got to do every Wednesday. There's something I am teaching. I'm usually giving free classes, you know, how to's, what not to do's, the, you know, flips, flops of real estate. That's what Ready Zet Real Estate is. It's not your HGTV where it's shiny, where it's where it's pretty, where it's perfect, where someone buys a home in 30 minutes after picking, you know, looking at three and then they choose one and then they get it. That's not what this is about. This is really spotlighting some of the challenges if you don't work alongside people 
that are looking out for your best interest. That's all I have to say. Doesn't mean that you have to go find an expert. Doesn't mean you have to be find someone experienced. I think ultimately you should be aligning yourself with people who are looking out for you. That's one of the things that we uh, discuss and I implore on our young scholars in our real estate uh, trainings and boot camps is how do you dis- determine whether someone is for you? Because that's where it begins. Relationship, building the proper relationship. Got it? Okay, so I do want you to press one. Let me know you're here because I see we've got a you know full house that's awesome. Press two, let me know you shared it. Uh, so please do that for me. Let me know you're here and you're watching, you're tuning in and press two and let me know you shared it. All right. So let's talk uh, again. I'm California broker. Your state, this is why I'm saying the laws of the land have changed. Laws of the land. Did you realize when I said that there are new rules and new, new rules in real estate that I was talking about the laws of the land? What is real property? In t- immovable, immovable asset. Can't move it. Real property versus personal property. It's immovable. So the laws of the land, I'll probably this year be talking more about the Constitution when we talk about the laws of the land. (laughs) That's what happens when you're in law school. (laughs) The laws of the land uh, are kind of set in our course. So let's talk about these. And I'd love to hear your feedback. Minimum wage has increased, meaning... (laughs) Even though the cost of living is still sky high, we're still trying to catch up in wages. So back when I started my first job, I was earning $6.75 per hour. That was 2002. Imagine. Yeah, that's when I first started my first job. I had my first daughter. My first child that uh, was born in 2000. My daughter is now going to be 23. Yes, I have. I have a 23-year-old. Yes, uh, $15.50 per hour is what the minimum wage increase is, okay? Next, they're legalizing jaywalking. I think this is a significant one, and here's why. Because, unfortunately, there has not been positive, and you all know this, so I'm not saying anything brand new unless you've been under a rock somewhere in a box, but there has not always, there has not been a history of positive relationship between the police and the community, which it is, uh, I would say, working in. It's. It, I read this book, and I encourage you to read this book or check this out. It's called um, "You Have the Right uh, to Remain Innocent." I have my my son reading this book right now. Uh, my son is eleven. Gave him some winter break reading, and so he's. It's interesting the conversations we're having of over you know, your uh, Fourth Amendment, right? Your Fifth Amendment rights and your constitutional rights. And so anyway, legalizing jaywalking has one that the police has oftentimes used to uh, target um, individuals of underserved communities, minority in particular. I don't really like using that word, but just for the, you know, for the purpose of having this discussion, oftentimes targeting the minority class or group of people and legalizing jaywalking has been one reason to then open the next door or next issue in Pandora's box of you know one arrest or looking up someone's background and just kind of moving them from something from a something very minor to now they're incarcerated for some other other matter and so it's interesting because there are some 
people, parties, and states that are still a proponent of something like this, like legalizing jaywalking, similar to the stop and frisk uh, laws or rules that you we have out here, uh, that can be very detrimental to people who don't know their rights, who don't have access to resources, and uh, aren't you know aren't protected. So I think this is really good. And essentially, what does this mean? Is that the police can no longer ticket you for jaywalking if they see that you are crossing the street and you almost cause an accident or you almost get hit, they will then give you a ticket. But if you're crossing and there's no cars, you look left, right, and you, you know, bolt across, you hop across, you skip across or whatever you're doing, you cross um, without interference of traffic, then there is no issue here. Okay. Uh, there are new holidays, laws of the land, laws of the land, laws of the land in California says we will now be recognizing four new holidays, the Ar Armenian Genocide Remembrance Day, that's April 24th, Juneteenth is now being added and recognized as a holiday on June 9th. In fact, I think I'm going to be out in Atlanta uh, this year, we'll be out there for Juneteenth. <clears throat> Shout out to TJ who said uh, he said to me, "I don't know what your what your summer's like. I don't know what you plan on doing, but you should be in Atlanta. You should be in ATL for Juneteenth. All right. So we'll definitely keep that on our radar. Lunar New Year. I really like this one because <clears throat> the moon energy and win winter solstice, spring and uh, summer solstice, those are all so important to me seasonally. Why? Because uh, I just personally pay attention to what the earth is doing. What is happening, right? Because we, we are the micro cosmic universe within the macro cosmic. And so I like to pay attention and be in alignment with what's happening energetically with what our mother earth is doing, right? With what, what the planet is doing. So I really like that lunar new year. In fact, we were making plans of where to be for lunar new year. So now that's happening second or third uh, new moon of the winter solstice. I like this. And then there's native American day, which is the fourth Friday of September, native American day fourth Friday of September. I didn't put it on here, but speaking of Native American Day, there's also in effect, and they said they've already put it into effect, uh, sim similar to Amber Alert. So that's when uh, a child is abducted and everybody gets pinged on their cell phones regarding an Amber Alert. They now are implementing Feather Alert. The Feather Alert is when someone indigenous, indigenous, <laughs> when someone indigenous goes missing unexplained or uh, with unusual circumstances, they will put out a feather alert. So it will be interesting to see because oftentimes we're not paying attention to what's happening around us, right? Facebook Marketplace has changed the way they will allow businesses to post their real estate listings. So those of you who've been posting um, your real estate listings in Facebook using it for marketing, and I'm going to talk more about this right now, 
uh, as we talk about marketing and strategic planning of how to get yourself out there if you're uh, in real estate and you are trying to connect your personal brand along with business brands. So let's address this. They have not been very clear as to why the CHOP policy has changed, but they still allow you to post from your personal page. My thoughts are is because there is a big push for transparency in real estate right now. Big push. Oh, I even forgot. I almost forgot, but I'm going to use the chat because I didn't put it on a slide. But um, I talked about this earlier this year. Did I not about the appraisal act? I talked about the appraisal act. So let me get that here. But let me finish my thought on Facebook Marketplace, because if you recall in 2016 and 2019, if you weren't aware of this, that Facebook was under heat for its algorithms allowing groups to be targeted by specific demographics. That was in direct violation of fair housing policies. What does that mean? If you recall when Facebook came up with this wonderful idea for ads and, you know, ad campaign, geo-targeting and all that fanciness, it was a it was a big business to be able to say, you know, ethnicity of people, uh, you know, location, age, gender, you know, these various demographics that you can create filters for that you wanted to target. And I recall when I was running these ads, and it's so interesting because this year, oh my gosh, there's so much more to talk about because now if you are renewing your license, let me let me make my notes here. License the uh, required to take fair housing uh, education. Okay. That's my note here. So I don't forget to talk about this. Fair housing. And see, this is this is not, this isn't new. This is now just coming to the surface, the importance and significance of being transparent. There are a couple of things that are happening in real estate, in the real estate world that we are noticing. So there is the transparency in Facebook. So yes, you can still post. Um, from your personal profile pages, but they are removing the ability for you to advertise from your business pages uh, in terms of sharing your residential listings or excuse me, your uh, real estate listings. And this is part of, right? Someone, someone has had to mess up, be sued, and then there's corrective action. With that, I will say, let me, let me just pause this slide real quick because I want to talk about, um, this new requirement that's happening here. So in California effective this year, so if you are a licensee and you are renewing your license, you are now required to take a fair housing education. That means that we have to take an implicit bias um, curriculum course to identify uh, ways that you can be biased and discriminatory when you are working with the general consumer population in the buying and selling of real estate. I think there's a great way for people to identify 
the, the programming that they don't know exists. And I say this because we are responsible to create search profiles for individuals based on their needs, not what we think, right? Based on their needs, their budget, their desired locations. And what we've seen in these last years as a result of the um, Fair Appraisal Act that was also passed, we're talking about laws of the land, as we've seen is that it has still been discriminatory and biased when we talk about the valuation of uh, properties for people of color. We uh, had that big thing happen with the undercover news, finding out that the real estate community has still been steering uh, individuals into particular areas despite their qualifications. We have still seen that agents are still choosing not to show every property available to a particular buyer client because they are not earning enough on the sale. Commissions has been a big thing and commissions has been under fire since I talked about it in 2019. I, I believe we did our first workshop on the class action lawsuit by sellers against the big five, those big real estate companies in the industry that eventually got the attention of the DOJ Department of Justice. So here you have um, licensees, the real estate industry is really being scrutinized. And this is why I was careful this 2022 is in our own growth. It's to pay attention to how these new rules and laws are affecting who we bring on board. And when I say bring on board, I mean growing our team, right? We want people who have operate from integrity, ethics, are reputable, care, genuinely care about the community and the population that they're serving while enjoying what they do in real estate. And the reason I have to be so, you know, my husband's anal about it, right? The reason I have to be so uh, just it's a non-negotiable for me is because of the liability as a broker owner we have for the agents that we are supposed to be overseeing. That's part of business and profession code that we are supposed to be seeing. So as you can see, there is a lot of movement towards more transparency. We also know that uh, California in particular is working on scrubbing. I'm going to post this here scrubbing the property records uh, that has racial restrictive covenants. How does that affect you? So California is scrubbing the property records. They have uh, about a 14 year of I want to say 14 to 15 year plan in place to scrub the real estate records that have racial restrictive covenants. Now, if you're a licensee, this is how you can help because I've done this lot. I was doing this last year in, in, and you, you're likely, if you don't know the, the, the laws of the land, you're going to have to educate your escrow team and your title company oftentimes if they're not abreast, but they should be. Uh, because now when you ask for the record, 
they will give you um, a form that's attached that says you can request to have this removed from the chain of title, which is the racial restrictive covenants. This was a source of class. Um, this was a, this was a source of topic in our real estate classes for our young scholars as we were discussing in their very own backyards where they live, they play, they go to school, those records had racial restrictive covenants that said if you were non-white and uh, sought to purchase a property in an area or that pro particular property had a racial restrictive covenant, then the property would revert back to the owner. In fact, my husband and I were get we we were in further discussion of how this happened because of his reading. Um, what is it? Black wealth? What is it, black banks? Uh, I think it's black black banks. Black wealth, black banks, something like that. I forget. But in reading this book, we've been been in further discussion how there was policy in the laws were available to allow, um, you know, at that time, white owners, uh, excuse me, <laughs> check this out. And I didn't know this. It allowed um, for people to report, basically, like you said, you snitch. If you found out that the property, for instance, your neighbor's home was sold to a black family, you were able to tell, snitch or report that that happened, which then would create an action for the original grantor or, or previous owner to reclaim that property back from that uh, Black family because it was in violation of a racial restrictive covenant, covenants or promises. You promise to do X, Y, Z, or you promise to do not do X, Y, Z. So you have negative, um, you have affirmative covenants and negative covenants. And so with that, we now have a, a system in place to remove those racial restrictive covenants. I recall there's been some real estate organizations uh, decades ago that were attempting to do this. And they said, oh, it cost too much money. It was not possible. But here we are in 2022, 2023, excuse me. Uh, and they're moving forward. The paperwork is in motion. So uh, be on the lookout if you are a homeowner in these areas with racial restrict that had uh, racial restrictive covenants on your title, you will be notified. You'll receive a notice from the uh, LA County, or excuse me, the County Recorder's Office, the Registrar's Office, saying that this is what action they've taken and they've removed moved it and they've updated the record. They'll send you a copy and so forth. So I'm I'm like woohoo for that because we are in such a renaissance right now. Let's also, let me get back to my screen share. Okay. So um, I talked about restrictive covenants, fair housing, licensee laws. Um, what else? And let's move on. Let's talk about this one here. Bruce's Beach. Bruce's Beach. So the governor signed, um, in, signed a bill that would allow for LA County to give back bruce's beach to the bruce's bruce family this was in the 1920s 1929 the bruce family uh i believe it's will and grace bruce uh were a subject of 
or I would say victims, they were victims of eminent domain. And we're talking about laws of the land. That is a law of the land for government and agencies to, to use eminent domain to seize property for uh, effectively what should be highest and best use, right, for something. As I was rereading my notes about this particular uh, case or matter, it was in 1929 when it was seized from them and almost 30 years later that the officials, government officials decided, mind you, it sat vacant after they took away, you know, this, this uh, black resort that was giving uh, an, an access point to California's coast, California's beaches for black families because they didn't have that anywhere else. It was a safe haven for them to have this in the 1920s. And so when that was taken away and removed, it was said to have been done to build a community park, which did not happen for three decades. It wasn't until 1960s. And here was the, the mindset and the logic that political, that excuse me, the officials uh, decided why they should, oh, well, we should build a, a park here on part of the land that we seized. And the reason being is because they did not want the Bruce family or and those being evicted, they were evicted from the land. They didn't want them to come and pursue them legally for not doing what they said they took the land for. Think about that. Oh, that's disheartening. That is disheartening. I'm not here to hash up, uh, let's say, old wounds and stuff like that. But I think it's important. It's appropriate for us to talk about history. Another case I'm following is the one in Palm uh, Palm Springs. There's an area of Palm Springs that uh, black and brown families were evicted, and their homes were seized and burned with no notice. And so that's essentially what created the Palm Springs. A vacation community or paradise. And, and I'm following that one closely to see what happens with that because Bruce Beach has been an example of reparations, right? Of land that was taken really legally at the time, but unethically, right? And, and this is why it's interesting when we talk about new rules in real estate is because the laws change with the times. It was perfectly legal to have racial restrictive covenants and not to sell to you know people who were non-white. It was perfectly fine at the time to have usury, almost usury rates, predatory rates to people of color who wanted loans to buy homes. It was perfectly fine. Law. It was so think about this as we are discussing 2023 and the new rules. Now, here's what I want to say about this. And I would be interested to know whether you catch me on the live now or text or post, what is your take on two things in the contract of the negotiation between LA County and the Bruce's family regarding giving back the land? Now, Bruce, the Bruce family did receive the land. LA County returned it with contract stipulations that said they would lease it back from them for $400,000 per year with a right 
to purchase the land at no more than $20 million. However, along with policing powers, again, law, new rules, new, new rules, laws of the land, policing powers is also known as zoning ordinances, zoning regulations. So mind you, they took the land over the course of time. The land is zoned for a particular use. And essentially, this is what the Bruce family has learned, that even though they got this land back, it is zoned for a particular use that limits their ability to maximize the highest and best use of the land. And therefore, the only viable, reasonable economic option is to sell the land back to L.A. County at $20 million. That is the breaking news happening uh, within this last 12 to tw uh, 12 to 16 hours is the Bruce's family have all decided to sell the land back to L.A. County. They've come to that decision for various factors. But I think it's interesting when you look at the context of how this land has changed hands and it still ultimately benefits, right, L.A. County, the county, because we're talking about alliance or connection with building and safety, the building department who sets forth regulations and zoning. I had so many questions myself about this, this particular scenario. And so many questions, but I will leave this with you. It's being sold back to LA County. I think it was good press. I think it led the way to make a make right of a wrong uh, that has, you know, that is over, you know, decades old. And here we are paving the way, and it'd be interesting to see how many more homeowners who were injured by these types of acts of racially motivated, because this was a racially motivated eminent domain. Okay, heavy stuff today. I know this is very heavy. Let me get back to that. So that's what's happening here in Cali on Bruce's Beach. More so because uh, TJ and I were talking about this and he says, what do you think about this reparations that's happening for black citizens in California? And I was like, what? Huh? So guess what? California is undertaking uh, quite a project and this is uh, quite a process. And I think this comes in light of, especially in the conversations that I've been hearing and a part of and notice on social media that there is this kind of this disgruntledness uh, between communities and groups of people that um, we had sent how many billion? 40 billion to the U... Uh, where were they? The Ukraine? Mm -hmm. It sent 40 billion for this war with Russia and Ukraine. And here the people in the communities of color 
have decked year after year because the data shows that the disparities exist. We have the Fair Appraisal Act. We have the, it's a Fair Appraisal Valuation Act. We have, uh, you know, real estate licensees are now being uh, required to take implicit bias courses and interactive training so that they can identify that they're doing, you know, participating discriminatory practices in, in real estate because we are essentially the gatekeepers, right? So we have that happening. Um, we have Bruce's Beach with this version of reparations of a racially charged eminent domain now being turned back to the family, but they're now selling it. And it'd be great that they have a great team of advisors that help them invest that in in more in real estate, right? So they can truly uh, build that genu generational wealth that they had lost from the 1920s to now. And that's that's what this is about, is this, this is about determining, and the number I'm hearing, this is what I'm hearing, it's about 250,000 per citizen in order to compensate them for this, let me read this blurb right here. The state is undertaking the nation's most ambitious efforts so far to compensate for the economic legacy of slavery and ra racism. I would love to hear what you have to say. What are your thoughts about this? Because is it going to, and so here's the discussion. We're talking about $250,000 per citizen. The question is, do we make that available in the form of um, uh, college grants, right? Education, financial literacy. Do we make that in the form of more subsidized housing? Do we make that in the form of cash aid? Do we make that in the form of food aid? Because listen, for those of you who are from the pull yourself by the bootstrap mentality, there is a real disparity between groups of people that have been, uh, that has existed in the creation of our housing. If you haven't checked out the color of law and the forgotten history of how our government segregated America, I implore you to add that to your 2023 reading, especially if you're a real estate professional who are selling and discussing products like FHA and VA. We just watched that movie last night that there was a big organ, there was a big push to get VA benefits, get them paid. Veterans that served our country. We're not even receiving their benefits. I mean, there's such a long history of people that it's okay to work. You know, it's okay to sweat. But when it's time for you to receive the benefit, crickets. Anyway, that's what's happening. <laughs> that's what's happening on uh, 2023's new rules in real estate. Listen, I'm going to wrap this up. I trust you have found this informational and helpful because, you know, as California tends to be a progressive state leading the way, uh, this may set the course for a state near you to be considering uh, things like this, reparations for its Black citizens. Because again, time and time again, we are looking at the data 
and, and disparities and these uh, socioeconomic injustices and the inequities. And I'm using all these big words and all that means is let's get to a space where we are truly leveling the playing field. Let's truly level the playing field. If that's what it means for us to, you know, care and uplift and support one another in the human race. All right. With that, I say have a fantastic, listen, fantastic and productive week. We'll see you next week on another information-packed episode on Ready, Set, Real Estate. Bye.